However, Catherine Zeta-Jones plays into your overthrow of the government, uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> as long as it happens. Hello, Mission Recall listeners. I'm Oriana Schwind. And I'm Steve Parkhurst. And today we've got spicy Indiana Jones for you. <laughs> we're, so we're recording this on July 4th, and instead of celebrating America, we decided to watch a movie about how much colonizers suck, which means we're talking about 1998's The Mask of Zorro. And this is also our second movie in a row directed by Martin Campbell, who, who also directed GoldenEye. Yeah, weird little coincidence there. Not intentional. He uh, followed up GoldenEye uh, with this. So an interesting career. Martin it is. Campbell. And y- you know how we were kind of missing some of the fun in GoldenEye? Like there were, you know, parts of it that were that were fairly fun. But it feels like most of the fun is here because The Mask of Zorro is an extremely fun, great movie i had a great time uh more fun than i than i anticipated and i kind of wanted to get your history with it when did you first see this movie what are your memories of it i can't it must have been not that long this i think this was a a vhs i think this was a blockbuster rental by my parents i want to say sounds right and i do remember seeing it there are parts of this movie that are very clear to me like the the head in in the jar yeah and I remember being very attracted to Antonio Banderas in this. Can't blame you. Very, very formative movie there. The chest hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's so smoldering. Smoldering, but silly. But silly. He like, the character takes himself a little too seriously sometimes. But Antonio Banderas does not take his character too seriously. He has so much fun in this and it's contagious. It's a blast. Well, and speaking of formative experiences. I mean, the opposite side of that is Catherine Zeta-Jones and her effect on so many young men uh, so, uh, just so, finding themselves. I mean, even I, I was like, oh, she's beautiful. Also, mm-hmm. like I absolutely for too long thought Catherine Zeta-Jones was actually like Spanish. Oh, we all did. Yeah, it, yeah. And there's not a not a trace. No, in, she's Welsh. She's like really fucking Welsh. Super Welsh. Like raised in a suburb of Swansea called Mumbles, Mumbles. Welsh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not even a little bit uh, Spanish or Hispanic or uh, Latina, nope. just straight up Welsh. Straight up Welsh. Anthony Hopkins, also not, not Spanish any of, of any... No. He's, he's just straight up got an English accent in this movie, and it's fine. It's fine. What's interesting about... This movie doesn't do much brown brown face in that like the like anthony hopkins is playing a spanish character but the spanish people are white like if you're from spain you're white so damn technically that's a spicy take that is a spicy take that is (laughs) this movie does feel like spicy indiana jones though uh not surprising because steven spielberg was an executive producer amblin this is an amblin production uh and And you can tell it feels ambliny yeah it's very swashbuckling and very just like we're going on an adventure we're having some crazy hijinks 
and we're gonna, you know, kick out the oppressors and and kill the colonizers and and take back what's ours. It's, we're for the people. It's remarkably uh, progressive in in its right? politics you and know, in its messaging. Antonio Banderas is all about the people, mm-hmm. like the actual peasants of of. Mexico at the time. Yeah, of uh, California, which is at the time part of Mexico. Yeah, although I guess technically it starts just as... Mexican independence, Yeah, Mexican independence. And then there's the weird, like California itself is like in a really weird position in in the 1840s. Yeah, I don't know the full history of it. Don't ask me It's very complex. But yeah, the, the governor who left Mexico after Spain gave them their independence comes back 20 years later to, I guess, buy California. I guess, yeah, which is an interesting. I also, like, I do love how, like, they're just very exploitative people. Like, mm-hmm. they just are here to exploit the resources and, and the, the people. people. And that's, and it's like, oh, wow, that's so refreshing that like, oh, that's our villains. Yeah. And it, it is kind of interesting that Antonio Banderas is like concerned with the people, but also mostly with like fucking Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> and, and who among us? I mean, who isn't? And Anthony Hopkins is mostly concerned with getting personal revenge. Yeah. So like they are achieving a sort of overthrow of the oppressors, but through personal revenge yeah but you know whatever motivation whatever gets the job done yeah you know they're doing it it kind of doesn't matter whether it's for you want to fuck Catherine zeta jones or or reclaim her as your daughter yeah however Catherine zeta jones plays into your overthrow of the government uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> as long as it happens so yeah that's definitely i have no complaints no. in that department yeah i also saw this movie i think on vhs as a rental a few times but it didn't leave as big an impression on me as a lot of other 90s movies that we've talked about no and i'm kind of surprised i am too that it didn't i think maybe the only reason is kind of the one ding against this movie is it's just a little too long. It is a little long. It's two hours and like 18 minutes, yeah. which is a bit on the long. It's not that bad. It really, it moves along. It moves along nicely, but there are some fairly long stretches of just people being a little sad or mad or just lamenting about how they want revenge. <laughs> and like, it's all well and good and it fits the the vibe of the movie, yeah. but you could probably lose a half an hour out of this. Pretty easily. The action in this movie is fucking Terrific. fantastic. Yeah, it's it doesn't so get good. enough credit for how good it is. Yeah, it's 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 a little surprising to me that this has not been one of my sort of all-time great 90s action movies. And it's not brought up in conversations regularly as like an example of great action, great sword fighting, great choreography, and it's really great stunts, great explosions, just kind of at every level. I'm not sure I saw a single actual like special effects shot, which is interesting because like the Mummy came out a year later, mm-hmm. and The Mummy has, rightly so, been sort of reappraised as a great '90s action movie, and that's well deserved. And it, ha- but it has a, a very similar vibe to this movie. And this movie, I think, is as good, and in many places, actually better action-wise than The Mummy. Yeah. And it doesn't have those same kind of special effects that haven't necessarily aged amazingly true and this is not you know a situation where i want to compare the two and, and declare a winner between no, the two because we both, all win <laughs> they're both great movies i just think mask of zorro maybe deserves to be in the same conversation i concur so the action in this movie
movie is great, but there is there are a couple sequences where you're like, okay, this is amazing. We don't necessarily need this. Where, you know, there's this the whole scene of Antonio Banderas going to the hacienda and stealing the the horse, the black mm-hmm. horse, which is like objectively a very cool great scene but it also doesn't need to go on quite as long as it does it it's goes so on for a while. it's so good it's also like really funny too yeah. and that is one of the things that i really want to praise this movie for is the action comedy like very jackie chan yeah very like using what's there and like he's not afraid to to look like a dum dum. <laughs> yeah, kind of a kind of he he's got the uh, braggadocio, but then he is kind of cut down by being a bit of a goof, being inexperienced, like having to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like he's goofy, but he is clearly competent, and he's yes. able to wriggle his way out of all these. Yeah, jams. he's he's starting from a you know a certain place yeah. skill wise. He's you know. And he has to rise from there. And we get to see that. And I don't want to, you know, that horse stealing scene is is very good. I wouldn't want to see all of it go by any means. But it goes on for a while. It goes on for a while. It's very like, like you said, there's a lot of Jackie Chan, kind of Buster Keaton. Again, the mummy is similar in that Brendan Fraser is kind of a goofball who's figuring out as he goes. And he is like very competent. And so I guess maybe now's a good time to go off on, on my little action movie tangent. Yeah. uh, Which I'm pretty sure I've mentioned before, but I'm just really frustrated by action movies these days, including some that overall I would say I enjoy, but the action stars are too competent. They're too good. They're superheroes. Even when it's not a superhero movie right like there's the obvious marvel and dc movies where they're literal superheroes who cannot be hurt and that's a bummer in its own right but my biggest criticism isn't even for those movies like yeah captain marvel she's in invincible whatever yeah but like movies like the fast and the furious franchise which should be goofy and silly and Mm -hmm. fun and like they're very good at their jobs but they're still scrapping and and figuring it out they're just car thieves they're car thieves they were stealing dvd players in the first movie like and i don't even mind that they've become these sort of super spies in the later you know in the later (laughs) movies of the franchise that's fine but now it's not just the rock and vin diesel but the whole crew they're completely invincible and they are incapable of being hurt and there's just never any stakes and you can you there's only a certain number of hits that can even land on them like contractually Contractually. and that that just ruins the fun yeah and that's kind of famous not just for fast and the furious but for the hobbs and shaw spinoff where like all of these actors have it in their contracts that they can't be basically humiliated in any way and it's like, well, for crying out loud, like, where's the fun? Where are the stakes? What? Why would I care if I know these guys are only going to get punched five times and it's not even going to hurt? It's not even going to look like they got punched. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I like the John Wick movies overall, but they have a similar problem. At least yeah. John Wick does show, like, he gets hurt. Yeah. But he's still too powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do miss movies where you've got somebody like Antonio Banderas who is very good. He's very talented and very skilled, but he's not invincible. He's no, not a superhero. He's constantly being cut down to size, yeah. in some cases literally. <laughs> and that's why the character is able to have that sort of cocksure attitude, that sort of 
veneer of arrogance because he does get brought like you know he's a little too big for his britches and sometimes the britches split and then he has to get new britches like yeah like he's it's just he's at the bottom of the pile and then he crawls crawls out, out which is a classic and like it's still funny yeah you know he turns around and he bumps into a giant guy it's like chuck jones animated yeah. into some of these action sequences there's a literal cannon yeah right that, that he like, like fires it's basically a bugs bunny sequence uh and that's terrific uh so like you know as kind of unnecessary as that whole sequence is it is a lot of fun it is a lot of fun like i i don't want to get rid of it all but like there are just certain trims that i think you can make and yeah. while keeping true to that really fun spirit yeah like i just i just love how the movie starts with a lot of old school not zaniness because we we don't like zany Uh, 60 zaniness Uh, is my mortal enemy it's just fun it's just good old-fashioned fun and i really really enjoy that and but then by the time we get you know the movie gets a little more serious a little more serious while never like truly shedding the fun right like even even the most serious fights at the end, which are like have a lot of emotion to them, there's still like room for fun in there. There's room for fun, like there's room for surprises and like how they actually fight and how the bad guy, the the army general there, uh, yeah, dies. He's Captain not Love, Captain, yeah. How he dies by being crushed by gold, yeah, like, very symbolic. Where, whereas so the the Spanish villain you know, is is literally pulled down by the weight of the gold. So like, makes you, know, you think it's it's great. Like, of course, it's not subtle, but I don't need I don't need that. I don't need subtlety here. I think the one thing we've learned over the years is that subtlety does nobody any good in in action movies. Like, no. just go for big. Go go, go as have, broad have as your possible. villains literally like be humiliated and murdered by gold. Yeah, do that. That's it's great. cool and yeah. fun. You know, and like, yeah, the, the stakes are very high in that fa- final fight. Like, they have to free all of the miners who have been, you know, trapped. Who are, who and are, are mostly like up. indigenous, indigenous uh, people, Mexican people. And children. Lots uh, of children. Yeah, and they show lots of their cute little faces. They're and, so cute. And it's like, yeah, this is, a, this is a serious scene. Yeah. There's a lot at stake, and yet I'm still having a blast. The explosion at the end is top-notch. It it's looks incredible. amazing. Like I said, there's almost no... I, if there are special effects, I didn't see them. Sure. There's... Uh, some miniatures that get blown up. I did notice that. Yeah. But they're pretty good miniatures. I like miniatures. So that is not a knock at all. The worst effects are just the opening credits. Right? Yeah. It's the opening credits are very like first generation avid graphics yeah. package. Yeah. I it's this like. weird graphics package that like I'm sure in 98 everyone was like, holy shit. Oh my shit. God. I just pissed myself. <laughs> And now it's just like that. That looks like something you'd see on iMovie and be like, "No, I'm good." It's one of those like old school gifts, like <laughs> that that you put just together. dancing toasters. Yeah. Uh, but after those, because those came up, and I was like, "Ooh, is this gonna be like really cheesy and corny?" Right? I haven't seen it in forever, and I was. I think this is the most pleasantly surprised by mm-hmm. one of these movies I've been. Like, most of the time, they're as good as I remember them, and then sometimes they're not. Yeah, Like, GoldenEye was kind of not as good as I remembered it. It was like, oh, my attachment was mostly to the video game. Mine was 100% <laughs> to the video game. 
Uh, and then this one was like, yeah, I remember it. I had a good time. I don't really re- recall that much. though. I remember the head in the jar. Yeah. Deeply upsetting. Uh, still pretty upsetting. It is still like, like well, this movie gets un- unexpectedly hardcore sometimes, sometimes where like Antonio Banderas is technically in disguise as a nobleman and he's talking with the, the captain who has killed his brother, mm. the, the fucking gringo. Love that the gringo is like the B tier villain here. Mm-hmm. That's just really fun and, uh, you know, kind of a nice reversal of things. But the army captain has... You know, he suspects Antonio Banderas of being the brother that that he's been seeking, and he just pulls the brother's head in a jar out and like basically dares Antonio Banderas to drink out the the liquid, and it's disgusting it's and horrible. horrible. And then Antonio Banderas does it. <sighs> he does it. It's it looks amazing. It's such a uh, indelible scene. Like holy shit, man fucking hardcore second anthony hopkins movie to feature head in a jar yeah i don't even the silence of the lambs baby i just watched it i think like during the pandemic i think we didn't did we we watch watch it i think we why don't i remember that it's a great movie it's a great movie uh first to say that that silence Silence of the lambs Lambs is is a very good movie uh but yeah just i'm you know a little disappointed in myself me too not holding this movie in higher esteem uh, up until this point. I, I feel like I've sort of, I feel like I have deprived myself yeah. uh, all these years mm-hmm. of just like a nice fun rewatch to throw on. Just put it on. You know, up there with Twister and oh, The yeah. Mummy. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just any of the classics from the 90s. It's just really deft. Like this has like three credited screenwriters and then three story buys, two of which wrote the screenplay but one of what they like swapped a guy out i guess Hmm. and but like really well balanced movie balancing anthony hopkins sort of personal revenge story with antonio banderas's training and wooing of Catherine zeta jones while also like wanting to you know free his people from oppression yeah like it's pretty deft at at balancing all these yeah it's these big political themes and then just small personal like interpersonal relationships and that's that's just good screenwriting it really is uh and this is based on a like a comic from what the 30s maybe yeah this is an old oh i think i think the character was created in like 1919 oh wow which is really interesting to me yeah uh yeah i mean the character had been around forever i think you know had probably appeared in other formats maybe i think Lots it was a tv show there right? was a tv show like the there was 50s. definitely a radio radio broadcast yeah like all kinds of stuff so he had been a character for years and finally uh, you know got turned into a movie and then there's really there's only one sequel which is kind of crazy because this was successful this feels like it should have been a big franchise yeah. and it's not like you know uh, for a movie that takes place amongst Spanish-speaking people, not a whole lot of Spanish spoken. No, but it was the '90s. It was the '90s, know, just, and that's why—that's why it's weird that some of them have English accents. <laughs> yeah, well. uh, that is why it's a little odd to me that this wasn't like a huge franchise. Yeah, that that got spawned, especially given that it's so like kind of anyone can wear the mask, like. It's that is that kind of the vibe. point of the movie. Yeah. So you could very easily franchise this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you could pass it on to the next sort of... It's funny, there's in the very beginning, you know, Zora walks on screen and slashes the Z, and it it's very reminiscent of James Bond you know, yeah. walking on screen and, and firing and, you know, that whole little sequence. Uh, and you could see how you could have multiple Zoros. Like, it gets passed down yeah. through the generations, just like James Bond. Uh, spicy James Bond. Spicy James Bond! And like, James Bond, but, like, not working for the... For the colonizer. That's the thing. It's like it's the opposite of James Bond. It is. It's like, yeah, no, this guy's a, an agent against the state rather than Is for that it. maybe why? Uh, like, I know uh, pro- the real reason we don't have more of it is because The Legend of Zorro, which came out in 2005, didn't really do as well. Yeah. That's probably why. Yeah. But also is maybe one of the reasons it didn't do well because it's a little, you know, more critical of the state apparatus, like the, you know, violence of the state. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, maybe because it's like, well, it's, you know, oppressed Mexicans. What do we care? Like, what about Probably, oppressed yeah. Americans? Yeah. Especially when you look at how America has treated the Mexicans. Uh, over the years it's you know, maybe it feels a little tinfoil hat i don't know how much i don't know but maybe you know maybe, it also well, feels or maybe like, it was just changing social attitudes yeah. like we did end up not too long after with a sort of build the wall type yeah i mean that actually started before. i mean that has, that had been, That's been around for, years, for a while and like but it was weird how 9-11 kind of made it just like anyone who's vaguely brown can't be trusted. No, no. Yeah, I do think that the fact that it was like the plight of poor brown people didn't help its case. Yeah, it's like I don't I want to see stories of American heroism, like an American heroism too. That's the other yeah. thing is like in this one like the United States does not have California yet and right. in fact like the people of California did not want that. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, California is for all intents and purposes just part of Mexico mm-hmm. and that's probably how it should have stayed. So I I suspect, you know, like if that wasn't the deciding factor, it probably didn't didn't help. help. Yeah. You know, they weren't like champing at the bit to do more Zoros because like, well, eventually America's gonna become the villain here if we follow if we the, go if further we go in time. Yeah. Yeah. It like, is just a bunch of like Anglo Americans who move to California and decide like oh, enough of this. Yeah. Enough of like these poor brown people here. Oh, some of these other people have like large parcels of land that we want. So mm-hmm. here comes the US Navy. Like Yeah. Uh that, that might have something to do yeah. with it. Speaking uh, of champing at the bit, oh. though, uh, the horsework <laughs> in this movie... Great segue. ...is amazing. Great horse acting. Uh, the horse acting is great. Yeah, the, stunts the stunts on the horses. Are, I mean, that one guy, that chase sequence with all the um, aid, uh, like the army that... I think it's the Mexican army. It's the Mexican army chasing after him, and obviously it's not Banderas doing it, but... The stunt guy doing the the horsework is fucking incredible. Absolutely amazing. And he's doing it for real. He's doing it for real. Like, and I know that there are a lot of reasons why we have moved away from doing stunts that are kind of that dangerous. One of the reasons being it is very dangerous. But on the other hand, it looks fucking amazing. And like, you're seeing someone at like the top of their craft. Yeah. 
doing something like that. Doing and something it, that is not anything anyone can do. You just want to like hoot and holler yeah. throughout the entire chase scene as he's doing these incredible stunts, like jumping, you know, doing flips onto the horse's back. And it's a real thing that the guy did. Yeah. Uh, doing flips and then kind of, you know, uh, standing on two horses who are running yeah. uh, next to each other then jumping down and kind of hanging onto the side of the horse and flipping back up on top and just like not to keep picking on these other franchises but like john wick you can make anyone look like they can shoot a gun really well yeah you know fast and furious you can make anyone look like they know how to shift a fucking car <laughs> Uh, and like even the Jurassic World ones, it's like uh, I mean, yeah, Chris Pratt's character is uh, a like superhero. Rides he a motorcycle. Rides a motorcycle. Tells raptors what to do. Yeah, treats uh. raptors like they're chocolate labs. Like it's you know, it's just like you you can't fake what this guy was doing on this horse. Yeah, uh, these horses. There were there are so horses. many horses, and they're moving really fast. And like, yeah, it is dangerous. And like. You know, hopefully the like I, I do the hope animals, the horses were all fine. Yeah, like there was a lot going on here that is, who oh boy, like very dangerous, very dangerous, and you can see it. And like I don't know, man, it's it's a tough thing to come down on and be like, no, we shouldn't do that because it looks so cool. It looks so cool, and if it can be done safe, safely, like. Can we please? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if it I don't can. Know. I don't know. Like, I don't think there's ever a way to remove all risk uh, from things like that. But, like, they're getting paid. Yeah. I <laughs> I, 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 I hope it. that stunt performer got paid, like, really yeah. well. I'm sure he was paid pretty well for yeah. doing that kind of thing. Like, you know, and, like, as much as I uh, am a Tom Cruise apologist and, like, the stunts he does, like, this shit's on another level. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that Tom Cruise is kind of keeping that spirit alive as best he can. Yeah. Um, he's also one man in 20,000 that I, could actually look, act and do that. I also don't necessarily think Tom Cruise's stunts are always as dangerous as their PR uh, departments make them mm-hmm. out to be. I think there are lots of precautions. They don't want sure. to kill Tom Cruise. No, that would uh, be very expensive. Yeah. But, uh, like, he's keeping it alive. Uh, but... You know, I really want to see more people who are specialized, like really the guy specialized. On the horses. Like that shit's wild. That stuff is really amazing. Like a lot of the action in this kind of reminds me of the of the wuxia. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, style of of martial arts movies, where there are these just kind of amazing stunts in the fight choreography. There there are these similarities mm. now and again that you'll catch that that. You're like, oh man, that's so cool. There's just a, a sense of delight in yeah. watching both types of movie. Yeah, very different kinds of styles. Like this is more sword yes. fighting, more yes. you know, like more, I guess, choreographed in that sense of like your sword fighting. But it is similar in that like there is an enormous amount of time and energy going into making sure that this uh, looks sort of dancerly, but also yeah. lands like has an impact mm-hmm. uh and yeah hong kong style fight choreography definitely feels like it it was an influence here even though it's a completely different style the the the, the dressing is different yeah. but they're the way things are shot and choreographed feels uh, like they're in the same family almost yeah. despite the styles being so different well here like in a lot of hong kong movies like they're very long takes 
Yeah. You, you get a sense of the action and like there's plenty of cutting like, you know, but of it's, course you're able to follow the action. At no point did I feel sort of disoriented or mm-hmm. lost or like didn't have a sense of the space. Exactly. Uh, I knew what was going on. I, you know, the just the screen direction and uh just the cuts on the action, how everything all fit together. It was really smooth and just felt natural. And you don't even really think about it mm-hmm. while you're watching it. And then like once you realize like, holy shit, this is just really well crafted. Good, good filmmaking. Yeah. A lot. What I noticed about the editing in, in these fight scenes in, in particular is the editing is motivated by the action instead of trying to hide the action. Yeah. It's it's focused on keeping the action flowing here in this movie, whereas in lesser action movies and in, I guess, like TV action scenes, it's a whole different beast. But I do notice so much cutting to deceive and hide. Yeah. It right. is not, the, the cuts there are not motivated by trying to give you a better sense of the fight right yeah this or follow the action they don't want you following the action well and what's you know i don't want to uh come down too hard on a lot of tv shows because yeah they just don't have the time they just don't have limited time and budgets and they kind of the coverage they're getting is to make sure they can edit this together (laughs) and and make it work yeah you know it's very utilitarian and like clearly mascazoro they gave it enough time for Mm -hmm. them to choreograph these fights correctly and it shows um what i come down harder on is the big action movies that are coming out these days where they're filmed like the tv shows and it's like you have a 200 million what are you doing budget like a TV show accomplishes the same thing with mm-hmm. a with a hundredth of that budget and a hundredth of that time. Uh, what's your excuse? Like Mask of Zorro was not the biggest budget movie yeah, of it was its era. Ninety five million. Yeah, which like a good chunk a of money. A solid chunk of like, money. You can see it on screen. Like that yeah. money all went on screen. The sets that they built, there's, like there's the, the nice set little, dressing like, even. Yeah, like real sets, uh real a lot, I guess a lot was actually shot in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, some shot in Orlando. There was some, some. I, I want to say the mine yeah. s- stuff was shot in Orlando. There's part, there's some of it that, it, like it feels very set-y, which is fine. Yeah, that's It's fine. fine. It's a movie. Um, but some of it makes me think that it was shot somewhere around Disney. Like, I don't know, one of the sort well, of. TriStar, was TriStar owned by Disney at the time? I don't know if it was owned by Disney or if it was like, was there an MGM component? Because well, Columbia it's, TriStar was eventually Sony. Sony. Uh, but I don't know if before that at any point. There was, was some kind of Disney connection. That would make sense because yeah. some of that, some of the scenes, there's a, you know, the climax of the movie comes at a, a gold mine and parts of it look like Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's not like they shot in the park or anything. That's sure. not a thing that would happen. But uh, I, I do wonder. I mean, that set, that mindset was incredible. Like, it was so good. Uh, and they really used it. They destroyed the shit out of it. Like, there were some real fires going there. They, real they fires. Hot. And that is one thing where it's like, I will take CGI fire over real fire because it's so fucking dangerous. Like, oh, you won't. Oh, Steve. At the time, CGI fire would have looked awful. Yes, that Nowadays, would have looked awful. Nowadays, like, they can do fire pretty well. It's, it's still, you can still tell, but at the same still. time, like, that's that's a safety issue that, like... Okay, okay. Here's, here's my concession. I will take CGI fire, but not 
CGI explosions. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's because that's easy. That's easy, and it always looks amazing when it's real and shitty when it's fake. No matter how well rendered your explosion is, it It, just never just doesn't look quite right. It's never. It's the uncanny explosion valley. (laughs) I. You can always tell, and like you can tell with fire too. But like that just doesn't bother me as much. Like fire is a hard thing to control, and so I get it. Like that fire on the set of Mask of Zorro looked fucking terrifying. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty bit, or it, yeah, it, it seemed it pretty extensive. Serious. Yeah. So, fine. And the I'll actors were that. fairly it, close. Pretty close. Yeah. That, I mean, maybe that's a camera trick, but it looked fairly close. Maybe longer close. lenses, but I bet it's still, I bet they could still feel the heat. Yeah. Uh, and the, they were all dressed in very, very in warm. lots of... Whether they were in Orlando or Mexico, that's still going to be hot as shit. Sure is. Blah. At least in Mexico, you're probably in more of a desert climate. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Yeah. Uh, although I'm, there are parts of Mexico where it is not a dry heat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if this was down in like Baja, Mexico, like kind uh, of where Titanic this, shot. It was like a Hidalgo. Oh, that's a horse. That is the oh god! I rem- that was like wasn't that Viggo Mortensen's like follow up to the Lord of the that was like the next thing he did after the Lord of the Rings or something. It, if it wasn't right after Lord of the Rings, it was around. It was shortly after because he did that and like a history of violence all around the same yeah. time. Yeah, uh, had a had a weird little run there. Fascinating career. He's not in this movie. He's not in the Mask no. of, of Zorro. I'm kind of surprised. It would have been great to see him. He was he's great. Um, we all love Viggo. He's he's a he's a character. Love him. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Antonio Banderas is so good in this. He's really hamming it up. Uh, he's really enjoying it. He's got so much fucking charisma. It was it's just so nice to see. Yeah. Nice to see somebody who is charismatic and cocky and, and having fun. But also not afraid to just be a a goofball. Yeah. A, he he is not afraid to humiliate himself. Yeah. Which is great. That's what you want. So important. Even Catherine Zeta-Jones, like she, yeah. she has her like humiliation there in in their little sword fighting scene. Uh, uh, maybe is even a little, perhaps problematic these days. I guess, but but they're both into they're it. They're both so clearly into it that it yeah. is like I'm not gonna. I'm not going to pick on this. This is sort of finally a return to uh, horny movies. This is such a horny movie. We Thank haven't God. had one in a while. It's been a while. I guess you could say Titanic was a horny movie, but it somehow is kind of not super horny. Yeah. I there's, know. What are your thoughts on it, that? It's horny and then it's cold. <laughs> it's horny and then and then they hit the iceberg. And, yeah. and like that's a long time that, that they're just kind of dealing with that with cold water yeah can't be horny in cold water no literally uh so other than titanic yeah we haven't we've had a dry we, spell we've we have had a bit of a dry spell here but we're back baby. but we're back with uh and just, like just charisma to spare everyone like even anthony hopkins anthony, has sort of a smoldering effect yeah. to him. like anthony fucking hannibal lecter how the how, long hair and the, the long tan? it's yeah i the tan is maybe where this edges into slight problematic like a little bit perhaps i don't know if it was like are they really trying to make him look swarthy is that what's really happening here yeah. i don't know that i don't i don't he is a class trader, uh, you know. He's a Spaniard, but he is, yeah. You know? He's he's 
you know, Spanish nobility and, and betrays. Yeah, so that's great. Which is great. It's like one of those things where it's, you know, not to be like, well, it was fine at the time, but it was it, fine at the time. Like, people, that people was fairly People sure didn't common. care. Although, yeah. to me, it is different. Like, he's not playing a Mexican person. Right. Like, a, a, you know, he's he is playing Spanish nobility. And to me, that's fine if it's played by a white person. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, and he also, he looks great in it. Uh, he's, everybody is just like really well lit, I think. Yeah. Like it's just, everybody looks beautiful. It's interesting. It's so warm and Even it's such villains. a contrast to Goldeneye. Yeah. Which is very cold and like there's definitely horny moments kind but you know no i disagree i don't think there okay, are okay moments, moments that would like to be perceived yeah. as horny well because it's a james bond movie so there is definitely an attempt at horniness and what's weird is like pierce brosnan should be able to do that with his eyes closed yeah but you know it's like it's cartoon it's like uh Everyone's kind of a sex clown in that. Like, um, yeah, Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen is a is just a weird Nazi sex clown. It's it's upsetting and unsettling. Yeah, and like the other kind of horny, sexy scenes in it just aren't. It feels like they're just painting by numbers. Yeah. Like, oh, now it's time for James. Yeah. To have sex. There's no actual sensuality to yeah. it, whereas Mac- Mask of Zorro is oops all sensuality everyone's sensual as fuck they are dancing oh god great dancing delicious yeah love the dancing they're fighting with swords mm-hmm. wonderful for playing uh, anthony hopkins is is a big wife guy he loves the ultimate wife yeah guy. <laughs> he loves his dead wife yeah and you know what not creepy towards Catherine zeta jones there's never any weird uh undertones with that yeah that's nice which like could have very easily happened <laughs> Uh, especially when, like, you know, a few years later, she would co-star with Sean Connery in Entrapment, and there was, like, a love interest. Like, there was a relationship there in that movie. Um, and, like, you mentioned Sean Connery was originally... Supposed uh, to be supposed Anthony to be Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. And, like, so to go from being the dad character to being, you know, oh, this guy, I'm in love with him, and it's just, like, gross. No. Mm-mm. This is gross. No. Like, you that know... Is, that is extremely weird and unpleasant yeah yeah uh i don't know we should watch entrapment at some point i haven't seen that since i was a kid i don't think i've seen i definitely haven't seen it but yeah that's kind of you know a real may december kind of thing going on although she does that was her real life like like... uh well we all know you know why michael douglas uh, got her (laughs) yeah I hear that's just, I hear that's been scientifically debunked, supposedly. I think it's all true. But, you know, let's have our little stories. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I guess she's into that. So, you know, go with God, Catherine. Yeah, who am I to like? Sure. Yeah, uh, otherwise, you know, like nothing really like creepy or untoward here in, in their relationship. And then her and Antonio Banderas are super hot together. And what I kind of liked about this is... You kept expecting uh, Anthony Hopkins to be like, hey, man, that's my daughter. And he doesn't. He never... There's none of the Michael Bay, don't touch my daughter yeah. type weird puritanism. Yeah, the weird just like, my sexy daughter's too good for you. Right. You can tell that there's like just the tiniest hint of like, oh, boy, this guy is clearly into my daughter. Yep. Like, but it's it's 
subtle. And it never really moves beyond that. And then he yeah, seems, it's just a look. And then he's like, okay, he seems fine with it. Like, yeah, he's a cool. Well, he's because a he's guy. deserving of the mask. Yeah. So he also deserves. Anyone can wear the mask. Anyone can. Yeah. So that actually is a really nice, weirdly again, weirdly progressive moment. Like, this movie is weirdly progressive in a lot of ways. Like, in ways that movies nowadays aren't. No, it's like, like the evil Spaniards. Yeah. And they're, you know, mining. you The use of children to mine precious minerals Good thing is we don't bad. do that anymore. Hmm. Maybe that's why this uh, just yeah, doesn't just really... Like, we can't sell Teslas if people are aware I, of this Does this, this play shit. a lot on cable? I don't recall seeing it all that often, but that doesn't mean it wasn't playing. I feel like I do recall it popping up from okay. time to time. I think it was fairly common on cable, but maybe not as common as some of the others. Yeah. Uh, like Twister was on every weekend. So, yeah, I, I don't think it had quite the same legs as a lot of the other movies. And again, that somehow is racist i, I feel like i feel like it is there are that. a lot more brown people and also like brown there, heroes there is a a sort of bias against just hispanic stuff in yeah. general even yeah. if they're not actually speaking spanish and are played by white people you know you can you can be hispanic and white but i do think there is there is kind of a bias against yeah that aside from the casting being a little like eh, squishy here and there like yeah otherwise like very progressive and i just thought of this there's no we're in mexico filter on this oh, movie so yeah did this like predate the invention of of having everything down the, in mexico yellow the sicario filter <laughs> uh I wonder if there was a particular film that like cemented that as as a thing because this is this movie is very warm. I will yeah. say that the tones are very warm, but they're more red than anything yeah. else. It looks amazing. It looks fantastic, and yeah, obviously it's warm. Like they are in the desert; they're in Mexico. Yeah, you've got a I lot of orange. People kind of conflate warmth, like you know the the, the desert setting, yeah, with just make it kind of orangey yellow yellow it's there's a Almost there greenish is, yellow sometimes. yeah that's the thing it's the first of all it's the wrong kind of yellow yeah second of all it's it it does feel filtery instead of the natural tonal warmth of the desert it yeah i mean look i i love the show uh but breaking bad did that a lot it's sure did. uh then obviously sicario um one of the James newer James Bond movies does that. Was it Skyfall? He's in Mexico for a minute. Yeah, there's Skyfall. They do it with Africa too. Africa oh, yeah. often gets the, the the yellow filter. Yep. Um, Ozark does it. Uh, like a well, lot. Well, in Ozark, it's just because everything in Missouri. It's also because everything in Missouri is the bluest thing imaginable, mm-hmm. and they've never heard of lights. Yeah, in you Missouri. don't have light bulbs in Missouri. <laughs> But yeah, it would be interesting. I feel like the yellow filter really came into its own with the invention of digital color correction. Oh. Because before this, you would have to actually like, it was all in Do a your, chemical thing. It was in your chemical bath yeah. of your film. So if you wanted to make it yellower, that was something that you really had to commit to in the chemical bath. Yeah. And so I'm sure it happened. But I think it really became like, well, this is just a, a filter we can layer on top. We can throw an adjustment layer down in Avid and just plop it mm-hmm. on and we're done. And uh, 
I really liked that this movie just didn't have that. It yeah. just looked beautiful. Everyone looked gorgeous. The set dressing is fantastic. The yeah. costuming is is really, really great and yeah. detailed. Like, everyone's clothing looks amazing. Like, they clearly had the time to make this movie. Like, it's nice to see a movie where they had time to choreograph and to set dress mm-hmm. and to really set up the, yeah. the even, sequences. Even Zorro's costume itself like you know it's all black but it's so richly it's detailed ornate. it looks yeah. amazing yeah like having the time to really choreograph those action set pieces is rare these days especially now when it's all kind of green screen and we figure it out yeah. later and that you know okay so this actually brings me to something we're, we're talking about that like action comedy again but uh one of the joys of this movie jackie chan action scenes uh, etc is the use of the surroundings yeah props it, props you're integrating the environment with the choreography and it it always feels great and organic you don't have that when you're working as extensively with green and blue screen as yeah. a lot of productions do now there's no bursting through wooden beams Mm -hmm. because there are no wooden beams there's no grabbing stuff off the wall because there is no there is no wall and it's not look like i I liked the mandalorian the show and yeah i I like the technology of the and um, they do use a lot of props they like cg over a lot of stuff that was there yeah but I think that is only kind of just the next evolution of green and blue screens yeah. where it's like that's easier and looks better than than a green screen mm-hmm. for sure. I would much prefer the big, you know, LED screen where it gives off real light and yeah. it's just easier all around and looks better. And you're at, yeah, your your actor actually does know what they're Do, seeing. What, what they're seeing. But it still does remove the tact. Yeah, the tactile. The tactile quality of just having stuff. Stuff around you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this movie just does so much right. Like It rips, man. Yeah, maybe, you know, trim it down a little bit. Trim yeah. out some of the fat. Um, and but... even then, like, if you're just having it on, like, you know, we paused a couple times to, like, grab dinner and make eat some, in make front some of Fourth the of July hot dogs. <laughs> Microwave some hot dogs that we made last night. They were delicious. They were delicious. And, yeah. and, you know, if you, you could just go about your day and have it on and watch when you want to. And it's, it's pretty engrossing, but yeah. like, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's just, just a, it's just a fun time. It's a good time at the movies. Really? That's, that's what this whole podcast is Yeah. You want a about. soda and a popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to have a fun time and you're going to get it. I was this. hooting and hollering. I was like. Clapping with glee, like the neighbors complained. Uh, <laughs> th- but like, there were so many instances where like Zoro would like fuck a guy up in a fun way, and I'd be like, yeah, like literally, just like ooh. Well, making the two guys bend over and they kick some and they, and they fly kick, out the window. That's just that's so much Delightful. fun. That's Delightful. so much fun. Yeah, uh, I think this is my pleasantest surprise we've had so far. Yeah. Like, I knew it was a good movie. I didn't dislike it when I saw it. I enjoyed it. But, like, fuck, man, I didn't enjoy it enough. Yeah, this should have been... We should have done this, like, ages ago, Much I feel earlier. like. Yeah. This, so. and, this and, like, Blade, I feel yeah. like. Blade Blade rips, too. Blade was great. So, uh, those are... These are the... This is why we did it. 
Yeah, his, this is the like, oh God. These this nice is... little moments of like, oh man, this movie fucking rules. We're going to put this into rotation yeah. and you guys should too. Maybe get on Blu-ray. Maybe I'll yeah. look it. Currently it's on Amazon Prime. I think I've it feels like it's part of some weird thing that some deal Amazon has with epics. Yeah, probably. Uh, some, something weird. Or like something. That. Yeah, I don't it know. Said it was like an epics like presentation. presentation? Okay. Cool. I don't know. Because epics was like part owned by MGM oh, or something. Oh, I know. I think. And now Amazon owns MGM. I don't know. Yeah, probably. There's just distribution is wild yeah. these days. But the current. More- so, yeah, as of July 4th. <laughs> It's on, The Mask of Zorro is on Amazon Prime. It may or may not be there. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Maybe just get it on Blu-ray just to have it. Uh, Don't buy it on Blu-ray via Amazon. Try not to. Yeah. Please. I've shouted them out before, but uh, Bull Moose, bullmoose.com or bullmoosemusic.com. I don't know. Google it. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not your fucking uh, researcher you figure it out <laughs> but uh cheap blu-rays and uh, they ship super quick and you're not supporting the evilest yeah of it's, corporations. A, it's a local local business yeah local to maine to new england new england okay. mostly maine but like new hampshire and massachusetts too but it's not because it's from new england it's just because it's an independent uh, place to buy books and and movies and music and that's yeah pretty rare these days it's true or yeah see if like i don't know if you have a local video that too oh absolutely yeah if you have your version of bull moose somewhere by all means yeah so you know buy local buy local and support antonio banderas and uh catherine zeta jones and uh you know, and the cute little baby who's there. Great, great baby, great baby at the end. At great, the end. Great baby oh acting. my god! Yeah, you. Uh, I you loved really that, baby. that baby. I was really into that baby. She was <laughs> so cute, and was paying such close attention to Antonio Banderas Can telling the story. Her? I cannot. I cannot. Actually, I think it was his son in the context of the movie. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, I was thinking of the baby in oh, the, beginning the beginning of the movie, which yeah. was a set of twins. There was only one baby there. There was, but it was... Oh, they did like a Mary Kate Nash yes. thing. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for them. Good for them. I hope they're doing well. Right, yeah. <gasps> Those babies are younger than us. I don't care for that. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, the March of Time is cruel, but the Mask of Zorro is fucking great. That's, I can't end any better than that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.